0: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. American needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalts the nation, but approach the reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to of God and Man, the show whose listeners are the only real losers. <laughs> this is your host, Brom French. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210 854 8029, or you can reach me by email at the letter B, the letter F, the at sign B R A H M F R E N C H dot com. That's BF at Brom now, if you're trying to reach me by phone, that is, well, good luck with that, although my phone did ring just a short while ago. I headed up in the window. I'm in an upstairs room. I put the phone up in the window, and I can get enough reception to get a text, and so I'm checking my text, and my phone rang, so I answer the phone, and I'm all excited. I can't believe somebody's actually calling me, and I'm able to receive it. And I answer it, and you guessed it, they were not even looking for me. (laughs) Hopeless and friendless still. (laughs) Now, my grandmother's 92nd birthday is coming up on Sunday, so I'm going to get to be here. I am staying with my aunt and uncle and uh, just some of the greatest people on the planet. And uh, as a matter of fact, I've got the greatest aunts and uncles as far as I'm concerned anywhere. And uh, well, it's, so here I am, and I will be leaving out, heading to Baltimore, Maryland, and on uh, the 10th, and will be in a conference until Friday, and then I head to Tennessee, and looking forward to being in Crossville, Tennessee, on Saturday and Sunday uh, following this uh, this weekend. So anyway, while I'm up here, it, there's not a whole lot going on anymore since the farm is no longer a running farm, um, at least with cattle and animals and it was a dairy farm, but that's no longer the case. So there's a lot of time to sit and ponder. uh, Well, that's unless um, Jacob, their grandson, is here. And uh, if that's the case, then we're going to be busy playing cars until he wears me out. And it doesn't take much for a four-year-old to wear out an almost 40-year-old man. (laughs) But he has not been here for a couple days. And so I've had some time to sit and ponder and think. And in my thinking, one of the things that has been brought to my attention uh, just in the course of thought is the notion that life is made up of choices. And really, isn't that what life is? It's just a combination, a whole bunch of choices that make up you and make up me. That our lives are better or worse based on the choices that we make. It was not just one choice, but you know, the Bible says that Potiphar's wife was after Joseph day by day. And so Joseph made a choice day after day after day that he would not lower himself to take the one thing from his master that was not his or was not placed into his hands. And so this choice, obviously it's going to have consequences and it's going to put him in prison. But life is based on choices. Now that choice to be put in prison was actually God's mercy and God's grace as God would move him to another position. And God would elevate him, but God will elevate him partially based upon the choices that he makes. Moses makes choices, and the Bible says in Hebrews that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And so Moses makes a choice well before Israel ever leaves Egypt. He's already made a choice, he's already made decisions that will now dictate the rest of his life. The remainder of his life is going to be based upon those choices. And so you and I, we make choices that will dictate the rest of our lives. It won't just affect today, but our choices will affect tomorrow. But there is hope because some of us have made choices that we regret and we wish we would never have made. And we have paid consequences for these decisions. And we could dread because those choices could forever ruin our future. But there is hope, at least with the Lord, because the Bible says that his mercy is renewed every morning. And so even if you have made a bad choice and a bad decision, his mercy is renewed. And so there's still hope. And we can hope... That tomorrow will make a better choice. Not just hope to make a better choice, but make a better choice. <laughs> it's amazing. We use that word hope. Well, oh, I hope this happens. I, I hope I get a job. Have you filled out any applications? No, but I'm hoping I'm going to get one. <laughs> your choices will dictate your future and your tomorrow. The choices you make today will forever affect your tomorrow. But the great thing is, Is when the sun comes up tomorrow, God's mercy is renewed, and you have the opportunity to change course and change direction. And so, if your life is not going the way that you anticipated, maybe you're like me and you're almost 40 years old, but unlike me, you don't like the choices or the places that your choices have taken you. You can go back and reboot. That's an amazing thing about the Lord you can reboot, you can make better choices, you can change your life, you can change your world. It's one of the reasons I love hearing about, you know, a 70-year-old man going to school to be a lawyer. (laughs) 70 years old, you're nuts, your life's almost over. What What are you thinking? Can I tell you what he's thinking? He's thinking, I still have a day to make a better choice. I still have a day to make a better life. And isn't that what life is about, making the better choice? We've looked at Moses. We talked about Moses. We talked about Joseph. We can talk about me. We can talk about you. Those choices that you make will forever dictate your tomorrow. There are some people that I don't associate with because their choices at the moment are not choices or the choices that they have decided And the path that they have taken is down a road that I don't want to go. And so I won't make those choices and I won't follow them down that path. However, if tomorrow comes and they choose differently, I would love to walk down the same path with them. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And so if they've made choices that are displeasing, if they've made choices that are contrary to Scripture, If they've made choices that are deceitful and they've lied and stolen and they've connived. But when tomorrow comes and they've made another choice and their choice now is in retrospect to the mercy of God that was renewed in the morning, then by all means, their choice and my choice can very well be going down the same path. Now, please don't misunderstand I don't mean that you should be shunning people, that you should just write people off. Nowhere do I see that in, really in Scripture to that extent. But I do see where not all paths are going to the same place. However, they've got that opportunity to make that choice. God help us make the choices that are the most pleasing to Him. God help us to make the choices so that if we are in the prison cell, God can still use us and bless us. One of the greatest things I can remember while I'm on choices, I used to be in the jail ministry, involved in the jail ministry in Bear County, Bear County Jail. I used to get to teach a class for about I don't know about eight years or thereabouts. It was on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and there was one man in the class. Now there were several men, but the one man in one man in particular whose name is Alex. Alex and I are still friends today. When Alex was in the class, he was in for about two or three weeks, and he pulled chain. That means they sent him someplace else. And so he was a while away. I didn't know who, who he was. There were just too many people in the class. But when Alex got out, he got in contact with me, and he wanted to get baptized. He wanted to be baptized, wanted to be buried in the name of Jesus. So we baptized Alex. And we sat and watched. I got to sit and watch over the course of time. Alex make some amazing choices. Who once was a drug addict, once was a gang member, once was just not a man you would want to be around, wants your children, wants your daughters to be around. Alex is, or sons for that matter, I guess. Alex has totally, with God's help, changed his life and turned it around. What an amazing commentary. What an amazing thing your life is based on your choices. Now he's got, he's got a job. He's got his own business on top of that. He's got a ministry. And his wife, now, I, I was privileged to be able to do the nuptials when he and his wife tied the knot. And now, both of them living for the Lord and doing great things together for Jesus. Because they made a choice. And when the morning came for Alex, the evening had must have been the jail, I would guess. I would think maybe, but maybe not. But when he got out, it was a new morning. And that's proven because God's mercy was still there waiting for him. And if God can do it for Alex, God can do it for me. By all rights, I probably should have been in jail with some of the decisions I've made in the past. And if God can do it for us, then who can the Lord not do it for? Your decisions, whether they be good or bad, tomorrow's coming, and this could be the new morning that you're looking for, for his mercy is renewed every morning. Hold on just a second. When I come back. We'll go through the Quran, and then we'll go through the Bible in a trillion years. Hold on just a second. And there it is. The car crash. The collision, if you will, of Christianity and Islam. Or Judaism and Islam. Or sanity and Islam. Because you cannot have any three of those and Islam at the same time. Sanity and Islam do not go together. Either does Christianity or Judaism. Islam is nothing but garbage and uh, Islam and anything else is, well, okay. (laughs) Let's uh, get right into it. We are going through the Quran. We are in chapter 2, which is termed the cow. Chapter 2, verse number 74. Verse number 74, the Quran says this, then after that, your hearts now let me make sure you understand he's actually writing to jews this is speaking about judaism then after that your hearts were hardened and became as stones or even worse in hardness and indeed there are stones out of which rivers gush forth and indeed there are of them stones which split asunder so that water Flow, flows from them, and indeed there are of them stones which fall down for fear of Allah, and Allah is not unaware of what you do. Do you, faithful believers, covet that they will believe in your religion in spite of the fact that they are party of them, Jewish rabbis, used to hear the word of Allah, the Torah, then they used to change it knowingly after they understood it? And so now, now, you got to remember, if you've listened previously, we have seen where the Quran, where Muhammad and uh, the so-called Allah have combined, and they said, we this, we that, and then they supposedly know more about Judaism than the Jews. And uh, there's over and over again, we see where the Quran says, speaking to the Jews, remember when, remember when, and you go back into the Torah, you go back into the Old Testament, and you don't find this anywhere. I mean, it is nowhere, folks. Remember when the Lord said, get a yellow cow. That's not even in there. There's The, the only time the Bible refers to yellow is once in Psalms it's talking about gold, and every other time it's talking about leprosy or some kind of plague. So that's just utter nonsense. Anyway, so they are now the experts on Judaism. And these experts, or uh, Mohammed, the expert on Judaism and this supposed Allah that does not exist, he says, then your hearts were hardened and they became as stones or even worse in hardness. So now because the Jews don't accept Allah. Well, they couldn't accept Allah because the God of the Old Testament made it very clear Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. And if you've ever read Isaiah, you can't help but recognize over and over and over again, the book of Isaiah says that he's a jealous God, that there's none beside him. He knows not any. Everywhere you turn throughout the Torah, you're going to see over and even into the New Testament. You're going to find the Old Covenant, the New Covenant. You're going to find both the same thing. There's only one God. There's only one God. And he doesn't say anything. That resembles what Allah says. And so how in the world could they believe in Allah? Okay, anyway. Then after that, your hearts were hardened and became as stones and even worse in hardness. And indeed, there are stones which rivers flow forth and there are stones which split asunder and waters flow from them. Indeed, there are stones which fall down for fear of Allah. So now it's saying that the Jews, their hearts have become a stone and they will fall down and worship Allah. And Allah is not unaware of what you do. Do you faithful believers, verse 75, do you faithful believers covet that they will believe in your religion in spite of the fact that a party of them, Jewish rabbis, used to hear the word of Allah, the Torah, then they used to change it knowingly after they understood it? I'm sorry. I just don't see this. I I totally don't see it. That's not the case. And who's going to know better about what the Jewish belief than... uh, an Ishmaelite, or uh, Jacob, or Isaac? You know, who's going to know better? I think that's a legitimate question, not one that they apparently care to answer. Now, this is saying that Allah was the one that gave them the word and uh, the Torah, and that they knowingly changed it. They understood it, and then they knowingly changed it. Oh, heaven help me. If they totally understood it, I believe that more of them would have accepted that Jesus is the Christ. That's not the case. However, to say that they knowingly went out of the way to change what they believed is utter nonsense. It is just utter nonsense. And it goes to show, now again, why why is this important to the Muslims? Why is this important to the Arabs? It's important to them So that they can look down on the Jews. So that they can despise them. It's important so that the Jews are like rats. It's important so that they can be the Hitler of the hour. That's why it's important. And just in case you're wondering, Christians, they don't like you either. (laughs) As a matter of fact, anybody else that is not Muslim, they don't like you. Get it through your thick ignorant liberal skulls. (laughs) Your mind's full of mush. (laughs) They don't like you. And even if you're Muslim, but you're not Muslim enough, they don't like you. There's no such thing as a moderate Muslim, folks. Remember this. And it is nothing but a doctrine of devils. Let me take a break. And when I come back, we will go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Mr. Gorbachev teared down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. America needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalts the nation, but sin to a reproach to any people. And we are back, and we're about to go through the Bible in a trillion years. We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 40. We're going to pick up at verse number 5, and we're going to go all the way down to verse number 14. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you recognize that that is a lot of reading for this show. (laughs) Genesis chapter 40, verse number 5, the Bible says this, and they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house saying, wherefore look ye so sadly today. They said unto him, we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them in Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days, yet therein three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. Thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. And think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house." Alright, let's do a little quick review. Re- remember that Joseph is now in jail. He is in prison. He is, uh, However, he has moved up the chain of command. He is number two under only the keeper in the prison. As a matter of fact, he knows more of what's going on in the prison than the keeper himself. And so now he is as high up as he can go in the jail. He cannot possibly go any higher. After all, he is in jail. <laughs> however, that being stated we recognize that God still has a purpose for Joseph beyond the jail. God still has a plan for him. And how would God elevate him? God thinks to himself, I know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to put a butler. I'm going to put Pharaoh's butler and Pharaoh's baker in jail. And so now here Joseph is serving Pharaoh's butler and Pharaoh's baker. And while he's serving them, recognize he's the top and yet he's serving, so he's still (laughs) going down because the way up is down. And so he's serving Pharaoh's butler and Pharaoh's baker, and then they have a dream. It wasn't by accident that they were in jail. It wasn't by accident that they had a dream. It wasn't by accident that they were from Pharaoh. It wasn't by accident that Joseph was there to hear their dream and they dreamed a dream both of them verse number five each man his dream in one night And so it was the same night they both had dream which tells you it was not by accident or happenstance This was specific for joseph Each man according to his interpretation of his dream the butler and the baker, of the king of egypt which were bound in prison Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looking on them behold. They were sad And so now joseph is doing his routine Part of his job, he's looking in on the butler and the baker, and he goes into where they are, and they are both sad. They're both distraught. And he asks Pharaoh's officers, he asks them, why are you sad today? Why are you looking so sadly? I like that word. said, <laughs> why are you looking sadly today? And they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. Nobody can tell us what the dream means Now, this is interesting because this is Joseph that they're talking to. This is the dreamer that they are speaking to. This is the one that a a few years ago, he had a dream too. He had a dream that the stars, 11 stars, bowed to one. He had a dream that the grain bowed to one. He had a dream, (laughs) the interpretation nobody liked. Even his own father didn't like the interpretation of the dream, but he had a dream. And so now they're asking for the interpretation from a man who has a dream and has had a dream for a long, long time. And they're saying, there is no interpreter of the dream. And Joseph says unto them, do not interpretations belong to God. What an amazing concept. This is Joseph Can I be honest with you? When my dreams seemed to be delayed, my first instinct was not, oh, dreams belong to God. (laughs) My first instinct, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be upset. It's taking too long for my dream to come to pass. But time and maturity sets in. And so time and maturity must have set in for Joseph because Joseph says, do not all interpretations belong to God? Tell me them. I pray you. <laughs> they belong to God. Now you tell me, and I'm going to answer. I'm going to tell you what your dream is. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. So this is a butler, a vine, makes sense. And in the vine, there were three branches, and it was as though they budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters there brought forth ripe grapes. And Joseph, or excuse me, and Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And so now he is giving the dream and waiting for the interpretation of that dream. And Joseph says unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. So here is the dreamer giving the interpretation for the dream if you are a dreamer no doubt you also in time as you mature will be able to give the interpretation to somebody else's dream if you are a dreamer it's just a matter of time and maturity before you can give the interpretation and you can give hope even when you're sitting in a prison cell that it's going to happen it's going to come to pass because god is the interpreter of dreams. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes and pressed them, put them in Pharaoh's cup, and gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said, this is interpretation, three branches, three days. Yet there in three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner, when thou wast his butler. In other words, it's not over for you yet. It's not done. It's not finished there's still more work for you to do. But recognize the real reason the butler is going to be placed back into the castle and he's going to serve Pharaoh again is not for the butler's benefit, nor is it for Pharaoh's benefit, but really it's for Joseph's benefit. And really it's not even for Joseph's benefit alone, but it's for the benefit of 11 Hebrew brothers that are disquieted, there's going to come a time. And so the butler will be the one that will have Pharaoh's ear, and he will forget. We're going to see that later on. But when he does eventually remember, he's going to give word, and Joseph will be brought out. Verse number 14, but think on me. He says, hey, you're going to go back to your old job. You're going to be with Pharaoh again. You're going to be serving with Pharaoh. But when you get there, I'm giving you the interpretation of your dream. When you get there, when it shall be well with you, when it finally happens, show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. When you get out, please remember me. (laughs) Now, recognize the prison was the perfect place it was the ideal place though contrary his flesh might say contrary to his thinking it was a perfect place for him it's where god placed him god placed joseph there because there was going to come a time when there would be a butler that one day would be let loose from the prison and will be serving the king and will then promptly forget about joseph However, there is coming a day when Pharaoh will have a dream. And when Pharaoh has a dream, he's going to look for an interpretation. And he's not going to be able to find an interpreter anywhere. He's not going to be able to find anybody that's going to give him the word he needs to hear. But there is one, and the butler is there, and the butler has seen As all the others have tried and offered, but have not been able to do the job, Butler remembers, I was in the jail one time, and there was a man in the jail named Joseph. And that man gave the interpretation for the dream I had, and it came to pass. And not only me, but he also gave the interpretation to the baker, and it came to pass. But here, Joseph is saying, when you get out, hurry up and remember me. But God's plans aren't always my plans. And yes, Joseph has a connection with the Lord, but it just simply wasn't time yet. I remember when I first started preaching, I wanted to grab the tail, or the world by the tail. and I wanted to evangelize. I wanted to go all over the place. I, I thought I had it all together. I was kind of like Joseph. It just wasn't time yet. Now might be your time. Just hold on a little bit longer. The day is coming when Pharaoh will have a dream, and he's going to need somebody to give him the interpretation. Just hold on, sit tight a little bit longer. Your day is coming, and before long, the Lord will elevate you to that place that he has purposed in you so very long ago. It's not over yet. The butler still has to talk to the king but your day is quickly approaching. I have just run out of time. Lord bless you. We will talk to you later.